right, welcome back to the big program. Looking forward to talking a little hoops now. We've just sort of been uh, taken over with Edmonton Oilers training camp, but this is kind of exciting to talk a little bit about NBA. And, man, what a week it was uh, down in Milwaukee. And we welcome in uh, Jim Ozarski from the uh, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Uh, Jim, thanks for taking some time with us uh, this morning. Uh, Man, oh, man, what a week it's been for you guys uh, down in Milwaukee. Uh, Can you kind of just run us through uh, just the the last uh, several days, what it's been like, I guess, with the, the Damian Lillard trade and all the reaction that has come with it. Yeah, I mean, you know, in terms of the, the city of Milwaukee and the Milwaukee Bucks fan base, I mean, it is very, very exciting. I mean, a few things can trump uh, Packers football <laughs> in the fall, uh, <laughs> and, and let alone Brewers uh, Major League Baseball playoff, yeah. but the, the Milwaukee Bucks did that, and you know, it's not every day when a future Hall of Famer, top 75 player, is acquired. So while Drew Holiday, his departure, mm-hmm. um, is a little bittersweet, uh, I mean, he was acquired and they won a championship. He came up with some of the most iconic defensive plays in, in recent Bucks memory. Uh, Damian Lillard is just a, a sort of a next level, and yeah. Basketball season started early down here in Milwaukee, and people are excited. Oh, for sure. As we uh, speak with Jim Ozarski uh, from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, how, how did how did GM John Horse pull this off? Well, a great question. Um, there, there's two things that had to happen first. Uh, Damian Lillard and, and his agent had to agree that he would come to Milwaukee or anywhere other than Miami. Yeah. So that's first. So once that became true, um, you know, then now it's up to John Horst in Portland to figure out what can work. I I feel like a deadline helps this. (laughs) You know, training camp begins next week, uh, just in a few days. I don't think Portland wanted to start that with with Damian Lillard. I don't think Phoenix wanted to start their camp with DeAndre Ayton. So are the Bucks draft picks enough? You look on paper – Honestly, if you would have told me this was the deal like four months ago, I would have thought the Bucks like won the trade far and away. Um, You know, they're not on the hook for trading Drew Holiday and getting those picks. That's Portland's issue. Mm -hmm. So I I think there's a a combination of Damian opening his sort of trade window a little further, the deadline of training camp, and the Bucks you know, willing to put no protections on their future picks, which is obviously the Blazers sort of shorting the fact that, hey, maybe maybe Giannis and Dame do leave in the next year or two. Yeah, it's certainly a, an interesting dynamic uh, for sure. Jim Mozarski, uh, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, is with us. Uh, um, you know, the other thing, like this is like a, such an early Christmas present uh, for head coach Adrian Griffith. I mean, he 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 was inheriting coming in as a, being announced as head coach in June, but he comes in before that, going, "I got a great team coming in." Now he gets like you know this is just like the cherry on top. What's what's a guy thinking coming into you know like his his first kick at the can here? Yeah, look, it um, Adrian Griffin has if if he didn't have pressure, there definitely is more of it now. I mean, Damian Lillard is thirty three. Um, you know, Giannis's supermax decision does not have to come until next summer. So uh, while it is very exciting. Um, if if you don't go to the NBA Finals in your first year as a head coach, 
you're going to be considered a failure. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's, that's tough. That's a tough road to hoe. But now, conversely, he has a team that can do that. So uh, having spent time with Adrian, uh, we have an excellent profile up at jsonline.com now. If, okay. if folks are interested, um, you know, his, his manner, his style, I think, is suited for this. I think it's part of the reason he was hired. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're right. Uh, we'll, we'll see about the X's and O's. But honestly, those X's and O's became a lot, lot easier to draw up with Damian Lillard and, and Chris Middleton and Giannis Antetokounmpo. For sure. I, I mean, before we get to you know Giannis and things, Chris Middleton's such a interesting player with his leadership skills and things like that. Um, is he kind of maybe the guy that sort of holds us kind of glued together? Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, it's he's kind of perpetually underrated, even in town, for a guy that, you know, if they would have created this conference finals MVP a year earlier, I mean, he would have won it. You know, Giannis hurts his knee against the Hawks, and Chris Middleton carries them into the finals. Um, you know, he was the one guarding Kevin Durant in their epic seven-game series. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they, they arguably – do not advance in the Eastern Con- to the Eastern Conference Finals two years ago because Chris was hurt. I mean, he's he, he's a three-time All-Star, probably could have been a five-time. He's a gold medalist. He's very good. And, and what this move does is it takes a little bit of pressure off of Chris. He was their, their clutch guy. He was the guy the offense ran through in the final 40 seconds to get a shot. It wasn't Giannis. Um, teams didn't want Chris Middleton with the ball in his hands to win a game. Um, obviously, Damian is, 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 does that at a higher, more prolific clip. But again, now you've got those two guys, and you can't really double Chris. Uh, yeah, I, you're right. Chris is, is underrated mm-hmm. in so many ways. But I would argue he might become far more dangerous uh, with, with the gravity that, that Giannis and Dame uh, pull. Jim Ozarski, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, is our guest on the Kevin Carey Show, Sports 1440 in Edmonton, 10.08 right now. So with all these pieces to the puzzle, will the offense look a lot different uh, that um, Adrian Griffith will run next year? Will it be comparable to what we saw last year? Uh, What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, offensively, it it definitely changes things uh, because, look, Giannis had his highest usage rate of his career which was the the possession started and stopped with him 34 percent of the time i i mean that's just not a sustainable number for for anyone Giannis only played 63 games i believe he had knee surgery i mean this this gives the bucks a ball handler obviously damien's usage probably won't be as high as it was in portland so you're going to see a little bit of of difference in the way they get into their half court stuff what's interesting is Giannis. In their championship run, Giannis and Chris Middleton is a two-man game. Giannis is the screener for Chris, was, is nearly unstoppable. Um, they got away from that uh, partially because Chris has been hurt. Um, Giannis says he likes to screen, uh, but he also likes to push the ball and dribble. So, um, you know, there's a little bit of push and pull there, but I have to imagine – um, when you acquire Damian Lillard, Giannis is going to buy into setting more screens and running two-man game with Damian 
because that may be unstoppable. I mean, Joel Embiid and, and James Harden were, were fantastic at that. And I feel like these two guys athletically are, are just, just better. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and look, Chris and Giannis is two man game. Great. Giannis and Brooks, Brooke Lopez, two seven footers running pick and roll together. <laughs> we saw that maybe not enough in last year's playoffs. So I, I'm, I'm thinking we're going to see a lot of pick and roll that yeah. a lot of teams are going to have a hard time defending. Uh, I mean, they have they have it all. It's just a matter of putting it together. Um, as we uh, guessed with Jim Lozarski from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel talking Milwaukee Bucks, but um, we always talk about a window in sports, uh, Jim. And you mentioned the salaries a little bit. Can you kind of expand on where everyone's at in the salaries? And I mean, all we're looking at guys here, you know, the key pieces of the puzzle are what, 28 to 32. So kind of what's the scenario there? Yeah, so on a broad sense, there's still going to be an older team. You know, their top seven, eight guys are all 28 and older. Um, maybe they, they work in second-year man, uh, Marjan Beauchamp. But for the most part, the core of this team is, is older. Um, so that this trade didn't help them in that regard. Their contracts all line up, except for Damian, uh, all of the principal players, their contracts are aligned. Two years, this year, next year. That's it. There's a couple player options, but in the NBA, no, no player picks up an option. So it, it's really a two-year window, mm-hmm. this year and next. And while Giannis made comments about championship dedication and wanting to see things done or, or whatever before he signs an extension, I mean, we'll hear from him Monday, but in reality, this does not – set the bucks up for a 10 year window. I mean, they have no draft picks until 2031 as we speak. Mm-hmm. Um, no first round picks. No one's under contract besides Dame and all the rookies beyond two years. Um, their, their three to five year outlook when this extension would kick in on one hand is bare because there's, there's no, there are no contracts. You can yeah. say, Oh, there'll be a cap space team but they have no picks. (laughs) That means they're probably going to have to trade some of these guys. So uh, the window, I would say, is right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And we will see about next year as then John Horse must make some moves with the current roster because they're just they're running out of contract length and and they have no draft picks. Right, uh, Jim. I, I don't. I have to just ask you this on the air. Uh, I assume you were there in Giannis's uh, post game comments, his last press conference, news conference after the playoffs last year uh, when he had that emotional kind of speech. Were you there for that? Uh, yes. Okay. Can you kind of uh, tell our listeners about? It was an emotional uh, news conference. He went off uh, uh, very well-spoken uh, about how tough it is to win and and how difficult, just because you lose, it's not just a failure. You're not a failure. You went on. Can you kind of bring us back to that that uh, end of your uh, uh, media availability uh, after the game and kind of what it meant to the maybe the franchise? And then maybe pushing forward to this year, I mean, can they take from that and everything they learned, et cetera, things like that? Yeah. So briefly, you know, Giannis talks like that on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So locally, for those of us who um, see him every day, it was fairly unremarkable, okay. <laughs> um, if, 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 that's, if that makes sense. But obviously understanding the stage, the context, and the fact that he was emotional did – you know, impact and resonate. 
And it, it is interesting. Um, it, it's how he thinks. I don't think he, he's, a, he's not a guy who, who can allow himself to go into those places. Now, athletes are all different. Literally, literally, just before that answer, Jay Crowder told me in the hallway, this season's a failure. Mm-hmm. So it, it just sort of, sort of shows you the, the, the way that Giannis processes defeat yeah. and losing or not reaching a goal. Now, you mentioned going forward. Um, I don't know. I mean, they just traded Drew Holiday for Damian Lillard. I, I wonder if, if that's a step to success or step to progress, mm-hmm. or, or is it considered a failure? Because I would think firing a head coach, trading an all-star point guard, you know, that's how most people view that, right? right. So, But Giannis, Giannis just it can't go there. I don't think it's, it's never been his nature. I've known him since he was drafted, since he was 18 mm-hmm. years old. He's generally a positive person. Um, so it just makes sense. And, yeah, it, uh, <laughs> it definitely resonated um, <laughs> and inspired a lot of people. And I think it's, it's something – it's his leadership style that a lot of people in that locker yeah. room and that organization can attach themselves to. Hey, one, one last one for you. Uh, we're speaking with Jim Ozarski, uh, Milwaukee Bucks uh, beat writer for the uh, Journal Sentinel. Sentinel pardon me. Um, is, is Boston the biggest roadblock? Is it Philly to come out of the East uh, next year? Uh, you mentioned it's, it's finals or bust. Uh, what, what team uh, provides the biggest opponent, uh, biggest roadblock for Milwaukee next year? Yeah, I, I still think it's Boston because the Bucks are far worse defensively than they have been uh, for sure in the last three years with Drew Holiday and dating back now even five years when Eric Bledsoe uh, was an all-defensive first-team guard. They just they don't have mm-hmm. um, the, the wing defenders for Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Now, Giannis, I'm sure, will likely and want that challenge. Uh, but in playoffs, and there's only five fouls to give, you do not want Giannis on Jason Tatum for yeah. 40 minutes. Um, so they're going to have to figure some of that stuff out. Uh, but that's, a, I, I guess, a problem for future Adrian Griffin and his staff. Um, you know, I, I, I might be one of the few guys who like the Kristaps Porzingis trade for Boston if, if he's healthy. And that makes them very unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, he needs to be available for them. Philadelphia, I, I mean, who knows? I, I that 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 could be a walking stick of dynamite at this point. I do think Cleveland is much better. Um, you know, we'll, we'll just have to see if they all can grow from what they, some of them admitted was too bright of a stage on the playoffs mm-hmm. last year, playing at Madison Square Garden in the Knicks and, and being upset. Uh, I, I think they're going to win a lot of games, but are they ready to really push, you know, those top two teams? We'll find out. But, yeah, as of right now, uh, Bucks are the East favorites to mm-hmm. me, but I, I think Boston is still right there. Uh, well, Jim, great insight. Uh, thanks for this. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, Bucks are going to be fun to watch this year for sure. Yeah, thank, thanks so much for having me. All right, that's Jim Ozarski, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Uh, you would think the Milwaukee Bucks are going to win 60 games this year. Man, they got some talent for sure. Uh, when we come back, we will switch from uh, basketball to football. Eric Williams, Fox Sports. Uh, we'll check out a little NFC West when we come back on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. 
All right, welcome back to the big program. 1022 in the Capital Region. Uh, let's head down, I guess, uh, to the West Coast, and uh, we'll check in with Eric Williams from uh, Fox Sports. Uh, Eric, uh, welcome to uh, Sports 1440. Uh, how are things going with you this morning? Uh, thanks for having me. appreciate it. Things are going good. Looking forward to uh, watching some football this weekend yeah. and uh, seeing what how the game's progress in week four. For sure. Week four got underway last night. Uh, were you able to catch uh, Detroit basically dismantling Green Bay? <laughs> yeah, the, the Lions look for real. Yeah. Huh? I mean, a, a big win at Lambeau. Um, offense is, is moving the ball up and down the field. Jared Goff looks like he's, he's playing well right now. And the defense, I think, has picked things up. I think that's really been the difference for the Lions from last year to this year. Yeah, really has for sure. Uh, Eric Williams, Fox Sports. We're going to talk about NFC West a little bit, Eric. Um, you know, is it is it simple to say that basically this is uh, San Francisco's division title to lose? In a word, yes. I mean, they're the most complete team in the division and, and maybe in the league. Um, I think the one thing about the Niners, you know, having watched them in training camp and, and you know, up close this season in games is they can beat you a lot of different ways. Uh, they're stacked offensively. Obviously, have a lot of playmakers and Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, um, Kittle. So they can beat you a lot of different ways offensively, but then defensively they can beat you in a low-scoring game as well because of Bosa and Fred Warner, uh, Hufanga in, in the secondary. Uh, and then Purdy does a great job of taking care of the football. I think he has. 190 completions without interception so they don't make a lot of mistakes and then they can you know they can run it up against you on offense and then they can hold you on defense Uh, Brock Purdy's got to be a coach's dream Uh, I mean he just all he does is win doesn't turn the ball over gives every you know his defense a chance to win every game so what's Mm -hmm. the mindset I guess uh, you know having this uh, guy at quarterback that really nobody wanted well, I think there's a couple different things that happened with Brock when he talked to uh, some of the people that worked with him pre-draft uh, is his processing. He's really smart, and he gets the ball out quick, uh, and pre-snap can, can make quick decisions, and that's critical in Kyle Shanahan's offense. And so he throws with anticipation. He, he takes the gimmies in terms of the short stuff and doesn't put the ball in harm's way. And then I think the other thing they're able to do pre-draft when you talk to his quarterback coach uh, down in Jacksonville, is they were able to get his miles per hour up. You know, mm-hmm. I think he increased his his arm strength by five miles per hour, which is kind of unheard of in in two to three months. And so, because of that increased arm strength, he's able to make throws in tight windows, which is the key to the game in the NFL uh, because of the speed defensively. So those two things, probably a better athlete than maybe people mm-hmm. give him credit for. You know, he only ran a four eight something, but his his uh, ten yard time was was elite for his position so he's he's quick sudden can can get out of harm's way and and just a great decision maker and i think because of all those things you're you're able to see kyle shanahan's offense run a larger inventory of plays than than maybe any other quarterback he's had since he's been in san francisco eric williams fox sports our guest on the kevin carrier show sports 1440 uh you did mention brandon Ayuk uh, earlier in our conversation what's mm-hmm. his health status at right now Still dealing with the shoulder. I think they're hopeful that maybe they can get him back this week. But, I, again, they're playing the Cardinals. They probably don't need Ayuk to, mm-hmm. to beat the Cardinals on Sunday, <laughs> although the Cardinals have been playing you yeah. know, better of late. Obviously, they, they beat the Cowboys um, with that running game that they have. 
Um, I think they would err on the side of caution that there's any chance that he's not feeling 100% though uh, and then go ahead and push him the next week. Uh, and then next week is Dallas, and everyone's looking forward to They looked at that yep. from weeks ago. So, I mean, that, that could be a, a very deciding uh, game when it comes to the, to the NFC. Are people trying not to look too hard ahead to that one? Hard not to. You know, that, that's been the team that Dallas has been, you know, put out in terms of the postseason the last couple of years. So I know Dallas is focused on that. Uh, but they need to get their house in order with how they played against the Cardinals. And so I think, you know, playing against the Patriots at home, that's certainly going to have the Cowboys' attention before they turn their focus uh, to the Niners in Week 5. But uh, San Francisco is certainly kind of geared up for that mm-hmm. game. But, again, they got to take care of business first with – with Arizona coming to Levi Stadium. Yeah, for sure. So uh, before we get to the Rams in Arizona, we'll touch on them a little bit. Uh, maybe the only team that can give San Fran a little bit of a run here is Seattle. Uh, the Seahawks are uh, in New York to play the Giants uh, this weekend. Mm-hmm. So uh, how do you see this Seattle team at 2-1 and one, uh, moving into week four? Improving. You know, they're hopeful to get Jamal Adams back defensively, which I think is a big deal for them in terms of generating a little bit more pass rush because of Jamal's ability to get to the quarterback as a blitzer. So that helps them. Uh, Their first-round draft pick, Devon Witherspoon, played about as as good as he's played since he's been with the team last week. Um, I think he had over 10 tackles, had a couple pass breakups. So kind of what they expected when they drafted him out of Illinois. And that kind of gives them a little more playmaking ability in the back and defensively. And then I think offensively, Geno has kind of picked up where he left off last year as the comeback player of the year. Very efficient, able to spread it out to his playmakers. Um, And then they're able to run the football, too, with uh, Ken Walker. Mm -hmm. That Charbonnet kind of gives them a little more toughness in their inside. So, Again, I think they're they're improved. They're, they're doing a better job of stopping the run as well. I just don't know if they have enough playmakers on offense to to kind of match up uh, against the Niners. Mm-hmm. You know, they were swept by the Niners last year, and and that's the team they're trying to catch. Uh, it'll be interesting when once those two teams meet, which I believe is November, the first time that they play each other. Yeah, and, and I mean Seahawks have an early bye after this uh, Giants game. So mm-hmm. speaking with Eric Williams from Fox Sports, do you think that? Uh, the Rams just sort of surprised Seattle in week one. I mean, it was kind of a decisive victory. What, what did you see in that game? Yeah, I do think that the Seahawks were a little bit complacent, you know, just thought that they would kind of, kind of show up and win that game and, and maybe were listening a little too much to kind of the talk nationally that the, the Rams were going to struggle. You know, McVay's only had one losing season since he's been there in seven years, so he knows how to coach. Yeah, they have a lot of first-year players. I think they had 40 first-year guys going in the training camp. So it's a young team. You know, it named somebody else besides Aaron Donald on a defense, mm-hmm. um, you know, in terms of the guys they have out there. But it's a very experienced coaching staff. And so guys aren't making mistakes. Um, and then they have you know, still one of the better quarterbacks in the league, Matthew Stafford, so they can move the ball on offense. And I think they have an identity of how they want to play on offense and defense. And that kind of helps them. Again, they don't they don't give games away. They make teams come out and beat them for the most part. You know, they had two turnovers against the Bengals last week. Yeah. So yeah, I think that um, maybe nationally the way that they played has kind of been a surprise. But again, having covered that team closely and understanding kind of you know how McVay runs things, um, I haven't been surprised at the that them being competitive each week. 
can they push Seattle, do you think? Uh, you know, I mean, both teams, I mean, you, you saw what we saw in, in week one, but, you know, since that Rams victory over Seattle, a couple of losses, Seattle's a game ahead of them already. Can 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 maybe the Rams push Seattle a little bit in the NFC West? I think so, but the key for them is, is keeping that offensive line healthy so Stafford doesn't get hit every play. Mm-hmm. You know, six sacks against the Bengals, their left tackle goes down, their right guard goes down. Those are the kind of things that happened last year that led to Stafford being on the injury reserve, you know, for the rest of the season, had that bruised spinal cord injury. You know, he's not getting any younger. He can move better than, than maybe people give him credit for, but they need to keep him upright and they need to get the ball out of his hands quickly. If, you know, they have to put Brett Ripken in there, it's, it's a much different team on offense. So, you know, look, look at that offensive line. If they're able to keep five guys healthy, and, and keep Stafford protected, then, yeah, I definitely feel like they can they can make a run at the Seahawks. Yeah, Eric Williams from Fox Sports, our guest on Sports 1440. Is it a given? Is it 100%? Do you think that uh, the Rams get Cooper Cup back returning from IR next week? It's looking pretty good. And, and listen to McVay and his press conferences. He's hopeful that they're going to get him on IRF, uh, off of IR next week, but then he doesn't want to, you know, be a little bit too optimistic in terms of, you know, where Cup is at. I think they want to kind of get him on the field first, see how he looks in, in, in practice and, and, and live reps, uh, and then kind of go from there. And, you know, with the way that um, the kid out of BYU is playing, you know, I, I, don't, I don't feel like uh, mm-hmm. they want to rush him out there too soon because they're getting pretty good production from that position, both from Puku, uh, Puka Nakua yeah. and Tutu Atwell has been playing well for them. How about those two receivers? I mean, th- those guys have stepped up in the absence of Cup, and especially, uh, you know, well, Puka, Puka, yeah, especially Puka. I mean, what he did in those first three games was amazing. Yeah, I think the one thing in watching Puka up close in training camp, he's a big dude. He's like 6'2", 220, mm-hmm. and, and he's really almost like a, a move tight end with his ability to just run through tackles. He's a decent route runner, but I think one of the – I think his superpower is his ability to win contested catches and then his ability to make plays after the catch. And that's why you're seeing them, you know, using him short routes and hopefully to get some run after catch after that, which he's been very effective. He's also good at kind of finding soft spots in the zone, Mm -hmm. sitting, again, making himself available and then making a play after the catch. I think McVay going into the offseason last year saw how much success Debo Samuel had against them over the years and it's like, we need a player like that in our offense. And Puka has kind of evolved into that where they can throw it to him short. He can make guys mm-hmm. miss and, and, and create plays after catch like a running back. Yeah, I couldn't spit his name out. Sorry about that. Thanks for helping me out, Eric Williams, <laughs> Fox Sports. Uh, you know, let's double back to Seattle for a second. And, and Pete Carroll must have just puked when he saw the schedule come out later in the year. So never mind the Rams in Week 11. So that's in L.A. Uh, in Week 11. The following week, they have the Niners – um, on Thanksgiving, then they go to Dallas the following Thursday, then they are home to San Fran, and then they have Philadelphia, or in San Fran, pardon me, and then in uh, have Philadelphia at home. That Those are four games that are, that's just, I mean, the season's right there, isn't it? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, when you look at the schedule and you look at, you know, those games towards the end of the year, you're like, that's basically going to decide their season. And they've struggled in the second half last year. And so now facing that kind of competition, health is going to be key going into the end of the year and, and, and keeping their offensive line guys healthy, which they're already dealing with injuries there right now, 
keeping their their playmakers healthy. And again, you know, DK is kind of struggling with a rib issue. Mm-hmm. Um, is going to be key in the second half of the season. And that's one of the reasons why um, I think Seattle is just not where San Francisco is in terms of their depth at key positions. You know, injuries are going to happen throughout the league uh, and throughout the year. And if you have key guys healthy going down the backstretch of the season, it's really hard to win games. And so, again, I think that's that's Mm -hmm. something you bring up, and I think it's a key point for that team is are they going to be healthy in those last five or six games? Yeah, Eric Williams, Fox Sports, joins us on Sports 1440. We can't forget the Arizona Cardinals, can we? We have to talk about them. Uh, I'm sure you had uh, the Cards beating Dallas last week, didn't you? <laughs> I almost picked them. Because, I, again, I, I watched that team in training camp. Um, I know the narrative nationally is they're tanking, uh, but nobody told them that, um, and nobody told that head coach that. You know, the, the wins and losses go on the head coach's record, so – He's not just going to go out there and give games away. And being around that team for a couple of days, um, they were buying from veteran players. You know, one of the things that needed to change in that building was uh, accountability mm-hmm. and, and discipline. But they didn't really get that from Kingsbury. And that was one of the changes when you talk to veteran players that Gannon was holding these guys accountable and they liked that. Uh, and then guys were willing to play for him. And I think the other thing is – it's a big deal for their quarterback, Kyler Murray, that they attended that uh, unveiling of his statue at Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the relationship between Kingsbury and and Kyler had obviously, you know, kind of just gone to the point where they weren't able to, to, to be together anymore. And I think that's one of the reasons they moved off a cliff, but Kyler has, uh, they have buy-in from Kyler in terms of, you know, him wanting to be there and him wanting to be accountable. And, and uh, I've heard nothing but good reports in terms of Kyler and his work ethic and, and trying to get back from that injury. And I'm interested to see what that offense looks like with Kyler running it with the success mm-hmm. that Joshua Dobbs has had the first couple of games. So, yeah, and, you know, I don't think they're going to win nine, ten games, but, you know, it wouldn't surprise me that they win four or five and you still have two first-round picks, and they could still, you know, potentially, you know, go after Caleb. And they have a lot of different options kind of available to them, you know, based on how they finish out the year. Is is Kyler Murray ready to play as soon as he comes off the pup list here? They have a 21-day window to to figure out kind of where he's at. So I I would be surprised if they don't, uh, you know, use that practice time and just kind of get him ready. Again, you know, because people perception-wise think that they're tanking, why rush getting him back on the field if they're still somewhat competitive? Make sure he's fully healthy. If he needs a week or two to kind of, you know, get the rust off, knock the rust off, and get ready to go, then then go ahead and give him those those couple weeks, and then maybe you bring him back, you know, week six or week seven. But mm-hmm. I know that Kyler wants to get out there and kind of, you know, prove people that he can he can still play. Um, you know, thanks for doing this, uh, Eric. Uh, is there a game uh, on the week four sched that is kind of catching your eye that you'd? Uh, uh, you're going to keep tabs on closer than others uh, this weekend? Well, I'm going to be at SoFi Stadium covering okay. the Los Angeles Chargers, the team that I used to cover uh, for six seasons for ESPN. So I'll be watching that game against the Raiders and interested to see how they handle Josh McDaniel's team, you know, based on how they did last week, you know, getting that win late against the Vikings, which I think was an important game for Brandon Staley to kind of get mm-hmm. things moving in the right direction. And then you look at Josh McDaniels and, and you know, the head-scratching decision he made <laughs> late. Um, you know, just 
you look at Josh and you're like, man, this is kind of similar to, to what he was, was happening with the Broncos. And so they need a, a victory, I think, desperately to mm-hmm. kind of, you know, turn around their season. Um, well, really appreciate your time. Enjoy that game. Uh, we've got a lot of Chargers fans in the building and around here. Um, so uh, thanks for this and uh, enjoy week four and uh, the rest of the NFL schedule. Maybe we'll uh, hook up again. Thanks, Eric. Awesome. That sounds good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. That's Eric Williams, Fox Sports. Um, man, how's that for a gig? So you, you got your six years with the Chargers, doing Charger stuff. Now kind of move over to, you know, do a little bit of the Rams. You're doing a little bit of the everything else in LA you got SoFi Stadium um well yeah Southern California is such a tough place to live right what more does a guy want what more (laughs) you know I I actually made a little trip down there about uh six years ago and we SoFi was just being built it was and it was I mean so cool to watch that but to go to the Rose Bowl to go to uh uh well we went to a couple other games we went to Kings game went to an NBA game it was unreal uh you can you can head a lot check off a lot of boxes if you want to go to LA and check things out. So, um, have you ever made a little trip like that, Duke? That a lot, Southern California probably near the top of my list of mm-hmm. a kind of sports destinations because, like you said, you go at the right time, you can check off. There's like yeah. multiple teams of every sport in the uh, market. So, and of course, as a Ducks fan as well, to to actually go to a game at the at the Ponda, the Honda, as, as they call it. Um, that would be a uh, pretty cool yeah. as well because they. Whenever I watch them here in Edmonton or in Calgary, they always lose. So maybe if I go to a home game, I can see them scrape out a W. How do you get like? Okay, Houston Ducks. I mean, you're like I'm all over. The you place. waking up one morning when you're like ten years old. Ah, I like I've been you. hitting the head of a, a lot uh, growing up on the farm, <laughs> whether it be from a grapple fork off the loader, and my dad being a little errant with it, or uh, hitting my own hand with a post pounder. There's a lot of injuries uh, incurred that maybe have contributed to some of my choices. But you know what? I, I live with them, and uh, it's kick. treated me pretty well. Oh, you must have you must have uh, taken a few of those. Where, where's the worst? Infinite. What's the worst kick from a cow? Where to the melon or what? No. But, like, when you're in the milking parlor, you're kind of down at utter level with them, right? You're kind of down in the pit. So if you're reaching in trying to put a machine on, uh, maybe a fresh heifer or something, they're not too keen on it, you, they could break your arm right in half uh, with a mm-hmm. pretty quick motion. So, yeah, taking a couple in the wrist or in the hand, those are pretty sensitive areas. So they yeah. uh, sting a little more than, say, getting one uh, in the thigh or something like that. Uh Text coming in. We'll get to that one. This is Sam from Vancouver. We'll get to that one. An interesting take after the break when we come back to wrap up the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. That's Sonny James uh, from Slapshot. The Duke comes through at the very end of the show. Thanks, Duke. Uh, text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Sam from Vancouver. Here we go, Sam. Okay. I've been listening for a while, and it's all NFL and NBA content for the last hour. It's boring after a while, considering Edmonton does not have a team in either league. Maybe stagger those a bit further apart, please. Thanks for the text, Sam. Appreciate you listening. Sometimes in radio, it just doesn't work like that. You can't say, hey, Eric Williams, how would you like to come on at, uh, let's say, 840 uh, or 820 after we talk hockey for 20 minutes with Mark Spector or um, Jim Ocharski from Milwaukee. How would you like to talk basketball at, say, seven in the morning and then we'll have a hockey guest on and then we'll bring in Eddie Steele for football? So sometimes when you have to schedule guests, you have to schedule them at their preference time when they are available Uh the Duke of Delburn does a great job of scheduling our guests along with our exec producer, Brad Slater. So, Duke, do you want to kind of help uh, Sammy out in Vancouver here? 
I, I totally understand where you're coming from, Sam. But just like Kevin said, yeah, it's uh, we work around our guest schedules sometimes and uh, things like time zones. Of course, Eric coming yeah. to us from the West Coast. Uh, it's still only uh, coming up on 10 o'clock for him and things like teams practices that they're covering. <laughs> There's a lot of factors that go into it. So I, I appreciate your comment and we do our best to uh, kind of balance things out. And if you're eager and hungry for some more hockey talk, uh, in Oilers talk specifically, I know you're coming to us from Vancouver. Don't worry. In another week here, uh, once the regular season gets going, there will be no shortage of Oilers talk here on Sports 1440 across all of our programming. Um, so stay tuned for that, but we appreciate <laughs> you listening. And hey, if you missed out on some of our earlier guests that were talking a little more puck, we had Jesse Pierce from Minnesota talk about the Wild, of course, spec on every day. Go back and listen to it uh, that hour on the podcast. Uh, you can find those on Apple, Spotify, pretty mm-hmm. much anywhere. So go back and check those out. We uh, mighty appreciate it. Sammy, Sammy, Sammy in Vancouver. Uh, thanks for the text, big guy. Pillman says, thanks for another awesome week, gents. Uh, great guests. Have a fantastic weekend. Same to you, uh, Pillman. Uh, Triple C in a truck when we were talking a little um, NFL with uh, Eric Williams. He says, "Ah, oh, here we go again. Purdy is better than Hurts. Just see that, you know. Purdy gets no respect, man. What do you think, dude? Like, I mean, this is a guy. So they've won every regular season game that Purdy started at quarterback. The Niners have won. That's all he does is win. And the playoff game they lost. Uh, he, of course, injured, leaving the game. Uh, the Niners left without a quarterback by the time that game came to conclusion. And listen, Triple C, I don't think <laughs> anybody is saying that Brock Purdy is a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts, but you cannot deny the success he's had. And the the story, and Jalen Hurts has a great story in his own right after mm-hmm. uh, leaving Alabama, going on to Oklahoma, and now the success he's had after uh, a bit of a rough start to his career in the NFL. I, like I'll be honest with you. I think the Eagles are the odds-on favorite out of the not only the NFC but in the NFL, but the Niners are right there with them. I uh, I love both teams. They're so fun to watch what those old lines can do. If you love old school football, running the ball down people's throats, great yes. old line play, both of those teams. I don't think you know have to cast stones at the other one for the sake of your own. Enjoy both of them. Yes. Um, wanted to mention uh, our big initiative with uh, Sports Central. Uh, our bike drive is in uh, the, the final Saturday. If you can drop off a, a gently used bike uh Tomorrow, at any of these four locations, it would greatly be appreciated. United Sports and Cycle, Revolution Cycle, Bonnie Dune Shopping Centre, Londonderry Mall. Please drop off a bike. The technicians at Sports Central, they'll get them ready. They'll get them to the kids. They'll have everything uh, repaired on them, everything as far as conditioned, et cetera, et cetera, for the spring when they have to give them to the kids. We are at about, I think, 500 bikes we wanted it a thousand so if we could have a great push on the last saturday tomorrow that would be greatly appreciated also of note uh with stingray here uh the little miracles trust fund uh we want to donate five thousand dollars going to the purchase bikes as well so that's going to make a big difference so if you can help out with anything to match that to to make a donation or to donate a bike really appreciate it thanks for uh being involved uh in our city for sure in this initiative um Triple C, he's coming on. Like, you're, you're, you're having a little conversation with Triple C. Love it. Uh, the Duke of Delbert, I got a question for you. One question. Today, tonight, Friday night in Edmonton, you've got the Alberta Golden Bears taking on the Regina Rams at Footfield. At downtown Community Arena, you got the uh, McEwen Griffins taking on Calgary Dinos. Uh, Dinos won last night 4-3. Over at Expo Center at the Flair Hangar Arena, you got rodeo. You got the Edmonton Pro Rodeo. Now, 
we're playing a little game. If you could only go to one, what are you going? Where Where is the Duke of Delburn going tonight? They're all 7 o'clock, showtime, start times. Where is the Duke going tonight? I'll be honest with you, Kev. I think you might have left out the one that would be at the top oh. of my list, and that is uh, Pandas Hockey kicking off conference play from the Claire Drake, also seven. I, I got to go with my uh, one of, well, like I guess I have more than one, but my alma mater at the U of A. Um, I love the Pandas program. Uh, we had Howie Draper on a while back. Everything Man. he's built there, they're so good, and I will rarely pass up a top opportunity to hit up the Drake. Uh, but if the beer is cheap, if I wasn't able to make it into there, I God, I love, rodeo. I love You're the rodeo. Road. I love the rodeo. But I think the pandas would be top of my list. Oh man, I, you know, again, I I wish the pandas the very best. And Howie again came on. We've been following Howie for twenty five years. I'm probably gonna go to rodeo. I'm probably going rodeo. I think that would be the time. You know, it, we could you could go to a pandas game next weekend. So that's kind of how my outlook is. But I might be saving my uh, my rodeo, what I'm jonesing for to, yeah. in that regard, for uh, CFR coming up here Fair. in another few weeks. Uh, down in, That's down in my neck of the woods in Red Deer. So that uh, allows me to cut even a little more loose you from know, hometown folk. And maybe this is just in my subconscious. I wanted to maybe bring up rodeo so I could give Quinn Phillips another dig. And then that, that guy could text in and say that I was rude to her. And then Jordy, I forgot to mention, Jordo sent a, a text in yesterday saying, that guy has no clue what he's talking about. No sniff. You were not rude to her. You're friends with Quinn. And yes, I'm Qu- uh, friends with Quinn Phillips and enjoy her company immensely, just not in large doses. <laughs> uh, so Oilers in Calgary tonight. Um uh, off to the West Coast for games against Vancouver and Seattle. Uh, a little bit of pickleball tournament out there. Uh, we had great guests again. Man, we're just coming in, flying all week long. Uh, really enjoyed everybody. Uh, busy night again. We got rodeo. We got AJHL uh, down at the uh, showcase uh, in Calgary. CIS, the Alberta Golden Bears, our home to the Regina Rams uh, on the football field at, at Foot Field. Uh, the Golden Bears hockey team kicks off conference play in UBC, uh, taking on the uh, the T-Birds out there. Bears come in, I think, ranked second. So, I mean, hey, they got a good team again. Uh, Ian Herbert, fabulous job as, as usual with the Golden Bears. Rodeo going on at the Flair Airlines Arena. Oil Kings in action. Oil Kings, uh, we forgot to mention that. Oil Kings taking on Lethbridge. So we got a full slate uh, tonight and uh, on the weekend as far as sports going on in our city. Lethbridge again here uh, after tonight. They'll be here uh, for Sunday afternoon, 4 o'clock at Rogers Place. And our bike drive again, if people can just, you know, if you got one in your garage, you're cleaning out your garage, take it to United, take it to Revolution, take it to Bonnie Dune, uh, take it to Londonderry. The kids need these bikes. They'll recondition them. They'll repurpose them. They'll get them ready for the road for next year. We were at about 500 going into our final week. If we can get to 1,000, that would be great. Uh, Big thank you to our guest today, uh, as he does and come in every 7 to 9, every Friday. Eddie Steele, the former double ear. Hey, ran into... uh, uh, Dwayne Mandruzic yesterday uh, at uh, Rogers Place. A big shout out to Dwayne. Uh, and uh, everyone loves Dwayne and he's doing great. Uh, he's working for Elite and he was doing some stuff down at Rogers. It was good to see him. Uh, Mitch Gallo from TSN 690 uh, to talk about uh, everything with the Montreal Canadiens and the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, Al's take on Ottawa tonight. Uh, Montreal 7 and 7 coming in. Our. Uh, 
daily computer contributor at 8 o'clock is Mark Spector for Booster Juice on the mark. Uh, Lucky to have Jesse Pierce come in from uh, um, NHL.com and Bar Down Beauty's podcast. She really had some great insight regarding the Minnesota Wild and, of course, the Minnesota Vikings. Ryan Bartoshek, AJHL Kamish, the Prez. Uh, he was with us uh, from the AJHL Showcase in Calgary. Jim Ozarski, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, and Eric Williams from Fox Sports NFC West. The next time we have these two guys on, we'll stagger them just a little bit in the show, just for Saturday. Sammy in Vancouver. Uh, big thanks to, to the Duke. Uh, you got a busy show coming up with Fantasy uh, Frenzy with? Former Rochef T-Bird. Connor Alley. Yeah, that's coming up 11 to 12 right here on Sports 1440. Lowdown with Low Tide and Freddy Krueger goes uh, coming up at noon to 2. And then uh, Jason Greger rounds things out on a Friday, taking you home 2 to 6. And keep in mind, we've got all the programming for you coming up this weekend. Uh, Fox Sports will start simulcasting that in on Sunday. Should be a great day of NFL. Once again, thanks so much for all of you listening to the Kevin Carey Show. 7 to 11 here on Sports 1440. We are back on Monday morning at 7 with Leanne Munzer. Uh, Until then, keep it between the ditches, and we leave you with the Duke with a sports update.